Hi, this is Rich Nelson of Escape to Suomi and welcome to a very special edition of the Finnish Football Show podcast. Um, this episode, I spent about half an hour talking with Finland captain Tim Spav about the upcoming European Championships, his time in Denmark and life as a footballer in general. Uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the episode and I've put links to various interviews, photographs we talked about and events in the show notes. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm sure you get a lot of these requests. Yeah, I mean it's getting actually it's getting uh, more more frequent. I mean the last uh, I'd say the last year uh, I've, I've noticed uh, I've noticed how the the interest the media requests have increased uh, rapidly. And uh, I mean it's it's both uh, it's usually it's only positive because I, I I do like to you know use my platform to to share some some of my opinions. So it's uh, it's mostly positive. I suppose, obviously, your English is, I mean, it's probably better than mine, to be honest, but I guess your ability to speak the different languages and, and communicate makes a big difference. I mean, not not just as as captain, but I guess as spokesman for the team, really. Yeah, it does. And I think that's, uh, I think that's maybe something we we're going to discuss as well. But, but uh, you know, the role that I have, and it's been... It's been exciting to say the least because it's not only about you know making sure that the team performs on the pitch, but it's all all those things around it as well. You know all those extra extra activities. You know being that link between media and the players, being that link between the association and the and the players. So it's been uh, it's been really interesting. Whenever you go back home, you spend a lot of time going to see junior football, and I know you've got a lot of involvement in Vasa doing their youth. And did you do was it selling your hoodies and contributions? Yeah, and, and maybe the most important thing is is that uh, I mean the way I want to give back is is are these uh, small um, artificial pitches. I've uh, donated one to my old school in in Oravais and and uh, the second one last year to a to a school in Vasa. So that's that's maybe my my way of, of giving back but uh yeah i mean youth uh, youth football in general is something i'm really really interested in and, and hopefully you know after when i hang up my boots that i can i can get into uh to maybe helping some of the the talented players out there well so it's still a while for that yet you've still got a you've still got this big um, <laughs> well little tournament to uh, come in the summer yeah yeah I, I gotta i gotta keep it i gotta be able to play at least uh, at least a few uh, a few months and then uh, then we'll see <laughs> after the summer what i do <laughs> i mean in terms of the euros obviously that's the big story for finnish football for well forever really mm. and and i remember I, I heard a lot of interviews with you i mean it was on the the bbc and the guardian before the Liechtenstein game how hard was it to keep focused and you know everyone was getting carried away before the game and assuming it's only Liechtenstein but you know you still had to turn up and you still had to play and they obviously aren't going to turn up and and roll over what was that like trying to mentally get ready for that game yeah I think that was uh, that was the challenge because uh, because we knew that on on paper and on the pitch we were going to be the the better team but I think the 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 challenge was to to keep to stay focused on the things that we could could influence because we I mean everybody noticed that uh, outside the outside the you know it was almost a party already everybody expected us to win everybody expected us to qualify and that's uh, I think that's really dangerous if you if you get uh, if you get taken away by that as a as a player so we just you know concentrating on on doing the stuff right on the pitch you know preparing ourselves 
physically and mentally and, and uh, having having a, a game plan ready so i think i think we did that extremely well and and, and just shows how how much the the team has matured during the, the last few years i think the last time i went to a finland home game it was miksu patalainen's last game and did it did you lose to hungary i think it was yeah yeah and um and i remember the atmosphere there and there weren't that many people I mean there were probably fewer people at the Olympia Stadium than there were at um, at the Sonair or whatever it's called today mm. um, I mean just the just the change there and I, I didn't get to go to the game in November but I must say my friend Keke who does the podcast as well he was one of the people who held you up after the game there's a there was a big picture of him in the this month's UEFA magazine holding you by the leg and he says he's sorry <laughs> if he pinched you so. Yeah, I think uh, I think I know who uh, Keke is, and uh, I mean that <laughs> that picture is just uh, is just legendary. I mean, I will I will always bear with me that picture in my um, in my in my head when I get older. I mean, it was such a such a crazy crazy experience. But that was uh, that was cool that he was he was there on the pitch as well. Because it was one of those things he managed to get a ticket and and fly over from from the UK and some of the stories I mean he's managed to get tickets for all the group games as well for mm. the for the Euros which is uh, luckier than a lot of people <laughs> are you aware of the demand for tickets I know that Copenhagen and St Petersburg are so they're about as close as you can get really to, to Finland but um, have you been following the stories about the ticket sort of updates and applications I do I mean my uh, my friends were uh, were waiting eagerly yesterday and they uh, I mean I think almost all of them didn't get tickets, so that's really mm. frustrating, you know. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do my best to to help some of them now. But it was, okay. I mean, that was really that was really hard to, to to watch when they were like, I mean, we have our own WhatsApp group where we, we joke and have fun. But yesterday they were they were a little bit distraught because of uh, because of the the answers they were getting, you know. I mean, I I did see. I suppose if it, if it's of any help, um, apparently Belgium only asked for about 600 tickets for for that game. Mm. So hopefully, hopefully some of those might become available. Yeah, let's hope so. I only put in for the um, Denmark game in Copenhagen because I'm going to a few other games in the tournament with my friend. But um, mm. yeah, I, I suppose I'm, I'm probably I'd probably feel quite bad if I took a ticket from a Finn, <laughs> someone who'd been going for for 20 years. But um, I'm sure anywhere will be a good atmosphere and any excuse in was it St Petersburg? It's, it's on Johannes, I think that game isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. so. Yes, it'll be a an almighty experience. Mm, it will be. Have you had any involvement in sort of, um, the preparation at this point? I know it's still a few months away, but I know the the training camp's been chosen and and anything like that. Have you had any say in anything to do with that? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're already already now already in the beginning of of January. We're discussing. Um, I mean everything about the 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 training setup in St Petersburg. What do we need? What what kind of uh, bikes do we need in the gym? What kind of equipment? Uh, how is it going to look like? How how are we traveling from Tampere, uh, the last game before the Euros, to St Petersburg? So all these logistics, um, you know, all this stuff. Some I'm, I'm heavily involved, and I, I like to be that. As, I like to be that as well because I want my I want my teammates and, and the team to have all the all the necessary stuff and, and feel that it's a professional environment that we that we come to so so it's important that it, that we get it right we did like an email interview i think it was, it was about six years ago now and you talked about when you played at the under 21 euros in 2009 obviously now things have changed slightly but um 
have you any thoughts about and this is something you know living in England and we deal with that at the World Cups England have always made complaints about being bored um, and talking about bringing I know playstations and everything else is that something you've considered yeah I mean we will definitely uh, we're definitely aware that it might uh, might actually be a very long long stay and and you know a, a long time that we uh, that we're together so I think we need to be we need to be prepared for for everything and we'll we'll try to do our best to to make sure that we that we don't get bored um, I mean we've 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 had a we always had like this uh, this game room when we're uh, away in Tampere for, for example these last uh, last few games where uh, people can hang out they can play uh, uh, table tennis or, or PlayStation or whatever they want. So I think it's it's uh, it's important to to notice that it's it's uh, you know all these extra activities, all these um, things that we can do outside the the trainings and the games are, are extremely important to to uh, to the team spirits of the group. So we're um, we're we're looking into that as well. And I'm I'm gonna call um, I'm gonna call my good friend uh, Andreas Granqvist the, the Swedish captain and ask him for some advice as well because he's uh, he's taken part in, in a couple of couple of uh, championships so I'm I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to to hear some of his thoughts and maybe maybe we don't make some of the the easy mistakes that maybe a, a nation does when they they go to these championships for the first time I suppose it, it can be overwhelming I guess but um you know so following a lot of I mean everything on when you watch a tournament on on English TV even if I mean because and this is the the novelty for me is because I didn't get a ticket for for a game the Finland Denmark game will be on British TV on a Saturday evening it, it's just been ridiculous you know I, I don't have to watch it on my laptop I don't have yeah. to try and find a, a dodgy stream somewhere yeah. I know immediately as soon as the halftime whistle goes they'll be right off to the England camp because that's what they do but um, mm. it'd be massive novelty and I know there's a couple of pubs over here that are own, owned by Finns and okay. uh, the, the atmosphere here in, in those places will be pretty kicking yeah, but, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, I think we'll we'll probably have to have a barbecue here. I think and the, <laughs> the the girls have got Finland tops already. So. Wow, wow. Yeah, so Great. well, what <laughs> one also has a cup shirt, but you know, I'm not sure what <laughs> your opinions on that are. So, so she's uh, she's jumped on that band bandwagon as well. Uh, well, you know, she's um she has been to to Corpio, and uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's where her mum's from. So, ah, okay, okay, then it's understandable. Yeah, yeah. And one other thing we we're going to ask about the Finland team, and I, I can't remember uh, it was Keke again. With the languages, I mean, obviously, Swedish is your sort of native language, but we think about the integration of, of players from different backgrounds, and and now you've got, say, Glenn Kamara, for example, who's come in. I mean, is I guess English is his sort of chosen language. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Glenn yeah. prefers to to speak English. Um, yeah, uh, but I mean, his his Finnish is also really good. I'm not I'm not sure why he why he chooses to speak English because his his Finnish is, is better than mine. So it's uh, it's not really <laughs> a, an issue. But yeah, I mean, I I, I really I really found it uh, you know inspiring to be in this kind of uh, this kind of mix. You know, different cultures, different backgrounds, uh, different languages. Mm. So that's really been. Uh, been, been cool to be a part of and one thing I, I don't know have you um had a conversation with will jaskalainen in english because he has the very very obvious northern accent <laughs> bear in mind where he's grown up it's um it's great it's great to watch videos of him talking okay i, I don't i don't think i've ever met him actually uh, okay. so so i haven't uh, haven't had that pleasure yet but uh, i'm looking forward to it now <laughs> okay <laughs> 
One thing um, Mark asked was, um, obviously you've played under several coaches now. Was it Stuart Baxter gave you your debut, wasn't it? Uh, yes. And we've gone through sort of him and, and Mixu and Hans Backer. Is there anything under Mr. Canerva that is obviously different or is it just a combination of things? I mean, obviously everyone works hard and and everything has come together right but is there an obvious change in perhaps the the team spirit you know the things that you can't necessarily see yeah, I mean that's a that's a very good question because it's it's uh, it's definitely you know subjective feeling uh, when you because it's hard to measure I mean of course you can look at our results as being great but I think what our uh, coaching staff has done that they've they've given us a lot of responsibility which I personally like um uh, they're also a, a good mix of personalities. You have uh, Kanerva and Martin, who's maybe more more calm and collected and, and uh, analytical in their approach, and then you have Nurmala, who's uh, who's more that you know straight straightforward type of a uh, person, who's you know very very passionate, very dedicated. So I think uh, I think that mix of personalities in the coaching staff has also been a, a, a revelation. Um, but it's uh, I don't I don't know it's just that you know all these uh, all these different personalities coming together and, and playing for something that is is bigger than themselves you know no matter if you're sitting on the bench or if you're if you're out you know you always want the best for the for the players playing in your position you always want the best for the team and it's a very um, it's a very unselfish group of, of players and, and it's very. Yeah, it's it's very pleasant to be a part of a uh, part of that kind of group. Uh, but I mean, it's it's uh, credit to the coaching staff for for creating that kind of environment and and giving us you know giving us responsibility and, and you know not not it's it's definitely not a dictatorship if you know what I mean because it's we're always involved in in the decision making process and that, that that makes it really really motivating for us. And and I guess there's some continuity for for a lot of the players because Canerva's been. I mean, he was your coach at the under twenty one tournament, wasn't he? Yeah. So you know, we're talking over a decade now of. Yeah, you know, sorry if that <laughs> makes people feel old, but you know that he's been involved in the Finland setup for that long. That maybe he that I mean, it's obviously not just him, but bringing something that you can't just bring in a coach, drop him in, and suddenly decide off you go and, and change everything obviously f- from the outside it suggests that some continuity and knowing both the players and the environment for that long brings benefits that you can't buy yeah it does i mean uh, continuity in uh, in football is not very common uh, so it's i mean it, it feels nice when you when you turn up for a, a, a national team uh, Game and you you see, you see those same faces. Uh, I mean, is it then kind of, or is it you know the the people in the backroom staff? You know, we have had our physiotherapist and uh, and and people you know working behind the scenes. They've been there for uh, for decades. So it's it's mm. it's it's really nice to have that continuity in the national team because you know we all know the realities of, of football that uh, you know coaches usually uh, change quite fast. <laughs> And the last question about that, and it goes back to the, the previous interview we did, and it was before the Euro 2016 qualifiers started. And I think you said more teams qualifying means it's a bigger chance for everyone. And even the smaller teams now have a realistic chance. Now, the change in the, the tournament structure means that so many teams qualify now. But you look at the group that Finland qualified out of. I mean, you had strong teams. I mean, you had 
Greece who won the thing not that long ago mm. Bosnia at a World Cup quite recently do you feel that there's some confidence that even if it was a 16 team tournament there might have been a very good chance you'd have gone for it well I mean I think it's uh, either way it's a, it's a very difficult uh, diff- diff- difficult thing to, to qualify I mean it's uh, the competition for for uh, for European Championship or World Cup is just uh, extraordinary, and, and you you need to do something special to be able to to qualify. Um, I felt that in our in our group there were um, at least two, maybe three teams that were better than us than on paper, and I think I said that uh, before the before the game started as well. I mean, partly just to you know put some of the pressure off our shoulders, but but I was I was being honest then. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's given us it's given us some confidence uh, for sure. Uh, beating teams like uh, Bosnia and uh, and Greece because we all know how how good those teams usually are. Um, but uh, I mean, oh, qualifying to only a sixteen team tournament that would be extremely hard uh, yeah. and, and something that was maybe out of out of reach. But um, with this team, you know, it's it's they keep uh, they keep surprising me. So you never know whether where we might end up and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking forward to go to go to the Euros and, and surprise some people because right now I don't think every, anybody expects us to, to do anything out of the ordinary and especially no one in Denmark you know everybody every Danish <laughs> a Danish fan in this country you know expects uh, three easy points for uh, for the Danes in the in the opening opening game so I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just very eager to, to go and show how, how good we really are I suppose the obvious comparison would be Iceland four years ago. Yeah, um, who got to the quarterfinals? Yeah, I mean Iceland is definitely an inspiration, and I'm just happy about you know the the, the Nordic countries qualifying. We got uh, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, and we might uh, might get another another team to the Euros. So that just shows that you know the the discipline and the the mentality we have in in the north uh, it uh, it produces results. And I suppose as well, it's probably are you glad you don't have to go to Baku. Yeah, that would. I mean, I'm 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 mostly glad for for our fans and supporters. I mean, that would that would have been a, a very long trip and and uh, logistically uh, maybe a nightmare. Um, so I think this is uh, this is best both for the team and the supporters. Um, so uh, I'm just I'm just hoping for a for a football party, football party in the summer, both uh, both on and off the pitch. Well, t- talking about Denmark, obviously um, you won the Danish Cup last year and, and came second in the league. You know, it's your contract's up this summer, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, I, I won't go into. There's people who speculate and, and everything else. Don't start any rumours or gossip. But um, <laughs> bit, having been in Denmark now for for nearly six years, um, I mean, do, do you speak Danish well? Yeah, I mean, my my native uh, native tongue is uh, is Swedish, so it was uh, quite quite easy to uh, to learn danish as well but it's i mean i, I speak a combination of swedish and, and danish but uh, people understand me and i can understand them so that's uh, that's the main thing <laughs> yeah i suppose this season i guess going for the title against the the objective uh, definitely um i mean we're we're fighting against fc copenhagen we have a uh, i think four point gap uh, down to to fck so so that's definitely our our goal uh, for the season to uh, to be champions again and uh I mean, six years ago when I came to the club, the club had never, never won a trophy. It's it's a very young club, uh, but since then it's been uh, it's been amazing, and, and 
and you know being part of a being part of a winning team having a chance to actually win something that's also that's also part of football so I'm, I'm glad that I got to to experience that part as well and the owners of Michelin also own Brentford was that ever a, an option for you to to come over here and get a Brentford I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's been a, a possibility. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I got nothing against uh, Brentford or the Championship. Usually, when I'm over in in London, I uh, I, I go to a Brentford game, and, and you know they they take really good care of me. Uh, uh, Cliff Cliff Crown and, and Rasmus Ankesen and the and the big the big boys. So I'm I'm very grateful that uh, that I've been able to uh, to come and watch watch their team play and I would I would almost say that after after my favorite club Manchester United uh, Brentford is probably my my the, the team that I support okay and um where does Southampton rank in that oh Southampton is also they, they must be a top three <laughs> club as well <laughs> do you still follow their results yeah I do uh, I mean I don't mm. watch that much football anymore um mm. But uh, if I if I watch a game, I I, uh, I try to to watch uh, Southampton as well because they're they still have a a big uh, big place in my heart and I, I enjoyed three three and a half years as a, as a young player uh, at the in the in the south coast and I'm really you know again thankful for what what they did uh, for me and how they developed uh, me as a as a footballer and as a person it was a it was a big big step to take when i was 16 years old but it was uh, it was all worth it and i wouldn't i wouldn't change anything about it um, so it's it's uh, it's definitely a club that i that i try to follow and every time when i go in on on live score to check on the results it's uh, it's one of the clubs that i uh, i try to uh, to keep an eye out for and i guess there's a, there's a few players from that youth cup team you might have a reunion with i guess <laughs> Maybe Bale or Lalana in the summer. I'm not sure about Walcott these days. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a, a crazy crazy group of players. If you if you think how how well they've done, um, I think they usually say that one or two players from a from an age group makes it uh, professionally. But I think we we had uh, we had a bit of a, a better record back then. I mean, of course, Bale, Lalana, uh, Walcott, all maybe the ones that have have made it uh, the furthest but uh, I mean besides them it's it's another six seven eight players that have played in the Premier League so it was a mm. it was a really really talented group of players yeah I, I remember meeting Theo Walcott very briefly after he signed for Arsenal um, so it would have been 2006 and just I mean scary how young he was mm. I guess I'd have been I'd have been about 10, 10 years older than him then um, <laughs> and that was I think he got taken along to the when Arsenal played in the Champions League semi-final in Villarreal and he was there with the team and, and we met him very briefly it was just he seemed like it's like he was the mascot almost but I mean he obviously did did very well but um yeah yeah he had I mean he had that uh he had that raw speed that you that you so desperately need in, in football that uh, mm. these days and he was uh that uh, was uh it was fun to be uh to be on the same pitch as him and, and see him develop and see uh, what kind of qualities uh, he had, he got. Uh, I think he got uh, uh, he got a chance in the first team quite quite early. Played as a, I think he played as a striker um, back then as well, and, and you know nobody could follow him. He would uh, he was small and he was lanky, but you know just because of his speed, he could he could get past players like no one else. And one other player you mentioned when we talked about Southampton before, who's um gone on to do quite well uh, Dusan Tadic yeah. he's um, linked with Barcelona this week do you still speak to him regularly? 
No, not really. I mean, we have some uh, some contact on on social media, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's he's one of the few that has uh, you know inspired me because of his work ethic. He's uh, he's he's really he's a role model when it comes to you know being professional and and training. You know, hundred uh, percent. He uh, he never took any shortcuts, and he's he's uh, he's put his socks off to. Uh, to, to play at uh, play at that level, uh, I didn't know about the the Barcelona rumor, but that would be that would, that would be fantastic for him if he got that uh, that chance. Yeah, I suppose he's done so well at Ajax. Then uh, it's that time of year; it's the end of January as we're speaking now. So, uh, mm. yes, one of those. Yeah. Well, I, I won't take up too much more of your time. Um, I, one more thing: I, I know you, you're going away tomorrow, and never having played at anywhere near your sort of level, do you have to pack your own shin pads for these uh, trips? <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I mean, uh, we we get uh, we you know sometimes I, I feel bad because this this bubble that we live in as as footballers it's uh, it's it's a bit uh, too much and we get uh, catered for like like no one else. Uh, so I, I try to I, I try to communicate that to my teammates as well that that you know I appreciate how well we're uh, we 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 are right now. I appreciate how much the, you know the kit man is doing for us and the coaches are doing for us because it's not. It's not always going to be like that, especially not when you when you quit football and then you know start a start a new career. But uh, yes, we we are packing our own shin pads and our <laughs> own uh, shoes. But you know the rest is uh, is taken care of, and, and I look forward to you know ten days where you can just you know focus on 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 the football part and you get uh, you know everything catered for you. Have the you know fantastic hotel, good food, uh, good facilities. So so it's going to be a a good time to you know you know maybe. Uh, get the get the tactics tactics uh, sorted out and, and get everybody on the on the same page. Well, um, I hope you do really well in the summer. Obviously, I'll be supporting Finland <laughs> the best I can, and from here anyway. And I, I know the the guys will be out there, and there'll be hopefully the best atmosphere of the tournament. Also, the Nations League is back again this year, and fingers crossed if Finland draw, I think they can draw either one of the Ireland teams or Wales. So, okay. if, uh, if that's an if that's an away trip, then uh, I'll definitely be there as well. Perfect. I'm looking forward to your uh, to oh. your support. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of uh, teams that we're gonna gonna be up against. Tim, thank you very much for coming and donating your time and support, and really best of luck for the summer and and everything else. Thank you very much, Rich. I appreciate it. Enjoy Dubai. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take care.